This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. Digital signage experience is coming up in four weeks, and I suspect a lot of people are very curious about how the long-running show will be rebooted by its new owners, Questex. I certainly am, as I had long thought the old DSC was a dead trade show walking, and that something different was needed. Is this it? I don't know. And I guess the industry will find out in a few weeks in Las Vegas. I asked Marion Sandberg, who runs several shows for Questex, and David Drain, who was brought on by Questex to build the programming side of the event, to join me for a chat about what people can expect from a new and different DSE. Hello, thank you for joining me. Uh, maybe the first thing to do is, Marion and David, uh, Marion, first explain what your roles are at Questex and DSE. Sure, thanks so much for having us, Dave. Um... It's, it's really an honor to be with you and your audience and uh, to have an opportunity to talk about this. Uh, I'm Marion. I am the vice president and market leader for Questex. I oversee uh, the DSE show, which we acquired, as you know, uh, last year, and we have not uh, presented yet. It'll be presented in November, which is what we're going to talk about. And I also mm-hmm. oversee a show called LDI, which I know you'll have questions about as well. Right. And market leaders tend to, at Questex, tend to have two or three or whatever number of shows that they kind of have under their portfolio. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. And tend to be in uh, verticals that make sense together, if you will. Right. So I oversee um, a couple of brands that have to do in some way with technology. Uh, We have uh, verticals in hospitality, um, bar and restaurant. So, So they're kind of, you know, clumped, as it were, together. Right. Okay. And David? Yeah, uh, David Drain. I'm director of event programs for DSE. So DSE is my sole focus at QuestX. And a lot of industry people would know you from your dark past with uh, <laughs> NetWorld Alliance and the, uh, what was it called? The Digital Signage Association or was there a... Right. Yeah. It, ch- yeah, it, it changed the name Signage too. Associated. Yeah, it was Digital Screen Media Association right. for a while. <laughs> yeah. So you've been around the industry forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. I attended uh, DSE. Uh, first time was uh, 2007. Yeah, that's that's early. I think the first one was 05 or something like that, or maybe even 04. I think 04, but uh, I wasn't there. Yeah, neither was I. I was I. I started in 05, so I've been going even longer than you. Mm. <laughs> you win. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, I, yeah. I can beat you both, but not in the digital signage. Uh, area with our LDI show, I've been with that brand since 2004. So ah, okay. a little one-upsmanship there. There you go. <laughs> you must be so proud. I am really. All right. So how is planning going? You're, uh, as we're speaking, it's about four and a half weeks out. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's going great. You know, we're super excited. And when we get to this part um, of the year, frankly, because, you know, this has been more more than a year uh, in the making, um, we're just ready to kind of get out there and produce the show. We, we definitely have in the weeks rolling up still sales to do, still registrations to bring in. Um, but in terms of producing the show and the things that we know we're going to offer, um, that's mostly set, right? So we have all these great networking experiences we're excited to put forth. And as you know, we're right across the hall from our LDI show. So we're really excited to see the synergies there. Um, so it, it's going, you, you know, when we acquired this brand, we did a lot of due diligence. Um, we spoke to tons of customers and tons of, of uh, attendees, you know, so those customers as well uh, to, to kind of see what we should keep from, from the old show and what we should bring back. And, and I think the number one thing that we heard from people was maintaining the sense of community for the, the digital signage industry, that mm-hmm. it's a dedicated show um, and that people still want to come together in that community that maybe isn't addressed by other events. So that's been kind of our number one focus. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the home stretch now. Yeah, I certainly got that impression as well when DSC went down. I, I thought that was a show that for many years was in trouble. You could kind of see it in the diminishing numbers and you know, diminishing enthusiasm in a lot of ways. But the overarching thing I heard after it went down was the disappointment because there there needed to be some sort of a an annual event, at least in North America, that really pulled together the the industry, so to speak, and was the only thing people were talking about that week versus like an Infocom or an ISC or those kinds of shows, which certainly have digital signage as a component, but it's one component among many. And you could bump into people in elevators and see they were going to the same show and realize we have nothing in common other than we're both generally in AV. Yeah. And I think that was um, obviously one of our main focuses from the beginning in, in acquiring the brand is we immediately saw the value. We knew of the show and of the market, although no one on our team back then had, had worked directly in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then bringing, you know, professionals on who were very much veterans of the market, like Brad Gleason, as you know, who joined us very early on. Um, and David, of course, who has been running a, um, curating and will be running a fantastic education and content program. Um, people have been really supportive of that effort. And from the beginning saying, we, you know, we absolutely want there to be a show in this market, specific to this market, and, and there's a need for it. Because the old show, uh, you know, had its, had its hair, so to speak, uh, there are things that people loved about it, things they didn't like about it. I, I've been referring to this as a DSC reboot. Uh, that, that maybe isn't all that fair, but it's what I'm going with. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious what you think in terms of uh, how you would position the show. Is it, is this DSE two or is it something, or should people go with the idea of don't expect what you saw before? Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great question because I think we would be really um, remiss if we did not acknowledge that we are trying, we're bringing DSE back in a sense, right? We're mm-hmm. not going to abandon everything that DSE was and that we want it to be. And people have asked us for it to be. Um, so we have no intention of reinventing the wheel in that case. However, 
um, you know, from our experience and again, from, from a lot of the outreach that we did, I think our intention is to put a new spin on it. Now, when you say reboot, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think that's going to be maybe a little bit of a challenge for people to get their heads around. Like what, what is this? Is this my old DSC where we really want to, um, and David has said it quite eloquently in past also, we want to really hold on to the things that people liked and, and maybe not the things that they didn't. Um, so some of the new things, for example, which I guess we, we consider new, um, we know that the networking opportunities have always been uh, super important. So now that we're right across the hall from the LDI show, we're really trying to leverage those two audiences uh, without cannibalizing. And I, I don't think there's a lot of uh, potential to cannibalize those two audiences anyway. So, you know, we hope to bring in some new people and some new buyers um, and we're, we're tracking our registrations very closely, of course, and the kind of demographics that we have. And to date, I checked them just yesterday in preparation for this, of course, um, half of our registrations have never been to DSC before. Now, I'm not talking about LDI people. I'm talking about people uh, registered directly for DSC. And hmm. as event people, as event producers, that number is super encouraging to us. Um, now, it could be in the last three years that we've just gotten more people in the industry. We all know that in during the pandemic, you know, on both sides of our business, people have left the industry, people have come into the industry. Um, it's just natural ebb and flow when you haven't had a show in three years. Um, but that number, even on a, uh, if you expected a lot of new people, is a great statistic for us that there are that many new faces. So we really hope that you know, people coming to network are going to meet new people, but like-minded people, like your reference before about having that sense of community and, and people who do kind of similar things. Um, but also that, of course, we want our exhibitors to meet new customers. So that's that's a really uh, important thing for us. For the people who don't uh, know LDI, can you explain what it is? I, I've never actually been myself, even though I've certainly heard of it. Sure. LDI. Um, LDI is about... a. Th- well, it is a 30 plus year uh, organization and brand. It uh, is a trade show and conference that addresses what we affectionately refer to as entertainment technology. So that would be basically everything you see in and around a stage except the performance. Um, so concert, touring, theater, even clubs, venues, lighting, sound, staging, um, all that kind of technology that goes around a performance or in a venue. Mm-hmm. And so a typical exhibitor at LDI would be uh, a moving light com- company. You know, we, intelligent intelligent lighting, as it's referred to in that um, in that sector, or consoles. Or you know, if you were at a concert and you want to go up to the console guy or gal and ask for the set list, you know, that stuff that's behind that in that pit is is stuff that you would see at LDI. So um, so there's there's a technology and creative factor there that I think kind of sits well along DSC. So, so maybe there are people who do similar, uh, or somewhat like-minded, but kind of do different things. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, who kind of crosses over and comes to the other shows. Yeah. I I guess the, the crossover, as you say, more than anything would probably be the backdrop displays that you increasingly see with touring acts and the technology that drives those displays. So the, you know, LED back, backdrops and transparent or semi-transparent LED backdrops, all that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and the, the sort of, you know, persona who would attend LDI could be 
anything from like a very creative type, let's say, like um, a creative director for a show, um, a, a lighting designer, um, and then, you know, someone who's, th- those folks are usually tend to be creative and technical. And then we'll have like very technical people who are like te- technical directors at a theater or, um, you know, production manager for a, a concert tour. Right. Um, yeah. And kind of just like the way that AV and IT are worlds that are converging, the live events uh, world and digital science are converging to some degree because, you know, I, I spoke on a podcast a few months ago with the guy who does the, all the, the the wow factor stuff at the new arena in Seattle for the, the NHL team there. And he was talking about programming a building, uh, not just, you know, what, what's what you see it in the, in the pre-show. It's the whole darn building that's kind of coming together. And I, I suspect that plays into how uh, live events will increasingly be done. Yeah, there's an interesting, um, you, you, we, we use this term uh, experiential, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of immersive experiences. And the thing that I think is so interesting, having come from that LDI world and that entertainment technology world, is that's, you know, if you go to a, a theater, um, it, okay, maybe maybe immersive isn't the, the, the right word that, that kind of means something different. Um, but experiential is what entertainment already is, right? You go to the theater to experience something. You go to a musical or a concert tour to to kind of be um, in this experience. And over the last few years, you know, the way people are buying materials left and wanting to relish experiences, it's interesting how areas like retail and venue design and even museums are taking a cue from entertainment and they're that's what experiential really is, right? It's about being entertained more. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, that sort of LDI, uh, I think, world has been informing a lot of other businesses in our spaces. So exactly what you're saying is when you, or, you know, if you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you're seeing all these, this fabulous screen, you know, content, right? That content is is trying to draw you in because it's it's being more paid attention to because you have to work harder to get people's eyeballs these days. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. Can we talk a little bit about where you're at in terms of numbers and how they would compare to the, the old DSC that we know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, I'm glad you brought up the, the reboot. I mean, we're, we're thinking of it exactly the same way. So we don't, we don't have any intentions of trying to compete with the last 2019 DSE. Um, we, you know, we, we've had shows in our portfolio that that was a record year. And of course the pandemic happening, um, we, we're, we're cautiously optimistic about about trying to get back to those numbers. So especially with DSC that hasn't happened in three years, um, we, we don't 
think we're going to replicate that in any way. And that's fine. Our goal for this show is to be between four and 5,000 registrations. Mm -hmm. Um, We're absolutely on pace to hit those numbers. Um, We're really pleased with the way registration has been picking up and people registering for content, um, the new certification um, that Braun Consulting is running for us. I mean, it's not new. It's, it's, we've newly added it. So let me, let me be clear. It's the same certification you all know and love. Um, so yeah, the numbers are really encouraging to us. And, and I think, um, you know, what we're going to see, I think is going to be surprising for people in the next four weeks is how much our registration picks up right before the show. I mean, traditionally right. the last six you know, to eight weeks of the show are when re- registration really hits. And we, we saw that from the numbers in 2019 also, right? So when we acquired the brand, um, that's just kind of the way the show paces. So right. we're absolutely on pace to hit that, you know, four to 5,000 number. And is, is that number unique registrations or is that uh, it roll up people from LDI who uh, nope. have opted to come over or whatever? Nope, that's absolutely DSC distinct registration. Okay. The LDI show um, typically uh, gets, bet- you know, anywhere between 10 and six, like in ni- 2019, we had 16,000 people registered for LDI, right? right. Um, so we, but like an average for LDI would be, 12 to 13,000. So the, the numbers for DSC are, are unique. Okay. So you, you potentially, you're not going to get all of them. Potentially you could have, you know, a couple thousand or more people uh, drifting over from the other show hall to, to, to wander into DSC, right? Cause you, you, you're, I, I think you have reciprocity. You can get into one or the other. Absolutely. Yes. Your badge for DSC or LDI can get you into either one or the other, as well as, um, there are some some great offers and discounts for the conference on either side, which are obviously you know a paid conference, but also um, some of the networking events that are being offered on both sides. Uh, I think are going to be really nice benefits. Um, I mean, just an example is LDI has always had a great um, after hours nightlife offers. So um, with your badge, you can get into like a different club each night. And if you don't know the clubs in Vegas are very expensive, right? It's not like your $10 cover charge to go see a band at your local club. Um, it's, they're very expensive. So uh, we have great deals with LDI that we've been able to extend to the DSC audience for to go to a, a club, for example. Your badge gets you into the club you know, for free, which can save, in some cases, $70 to $100 a night. And, that's, and then we have some networking events. Um, there's a, an on-floor party, if you will, a networking reception for LDI that DSE guests will be invited to and vice versa. LDI people will be invited to the DSE opening reception. And we were really careful, obviously, to not have them overlap or compete with each other because we want these these two to kind of come across the aisle, as it were. So I think that's going to be interesting to see. And, and you know, the, the LDI community, they're they're curious. I mean, they have mm-hmm. that, that tech curiosity and that creative curiosity. So I, I think... Um, it is absolutely reasonable to think we might get a, a you know a thousand or so people coming across. Right. So you're you're at parity or maybe even ahead of ultimately ahead of what uh, past DSEs have done in terms of headcount uh, and, and with the spillover from LDI almost certainly. Where, where I, I I sense the it's not going as swimmingly would be on the exhibitor uh, sign up side, right? Yeah. I mean, we're. We're where we've expected to be. Um, okay. I, I don't think we, I know that, um, you know, you, you love to look at the show floor and as you should. And when we were in South Hall, 
um, when the show was in South Hall bef- before my time, obviously, the show floor looked differently. Um, but I think that for our expectations for relaunching the, launching the show, we're exactly where we want to be. Uh, mm-hmm. We we had expectations that we're in line with. We have amazing exhibitors presenting. We're we have over ninety, um, you know, varieties of exhibitor sponsors, people who are going to be um, partners and presenting in some way. And I'm not talking about speakers. I'm talking about people on the show floor. Um, and then I think probably in the next few weeks we're going to see that number go over a hundred. So that okay. that's that's perfectly respectable and. Um, you know, we're, we're proud of those numbers. Yeah. I mean, in, in certain respects, it's a reboot and it's a startup again, cause you're, 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 you're having to win the confidence of vendors who, uh, have had a rough couple of years anyways. And when DS, DSE went down, I don't know if all of them were left whole after that. That's, that's somebody else's story and argument, but, uh, yeah. it, it, you couldn't, I would imagine just expect that, Hey, all you guys who used to do this, come on back. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much more of a story to tell there too, isn't there? Mm-hmm. It, it's, um, we have to regain some trust. We have to have people, you know, who, who, who really loved that event and kind of look at us and say, who the heck are you guys? Which, you know, all stuff we expected, you know, early on when one of the first things we did was form an advisory board. And I know that you've reported on that and know probably everybody on our advisory board. Mm-hmm. And really, um, we wanted that input and that help. And that was just kind of part of the research we did from the beginning is what was good? What do we want to change? Um, and I, I just think that that journey has also included spending a lot of time with customers. And, and there's absolutely our sales team talking to people you know, three, four, five times, it, it's not a slam dunk. And that's okay. We didn't expect it to be. We never came in here with, um, you know, some kind of ego that we're event producers and we could just walk into a new industry and, and take over a brand and do it without, um, you know, thinking about it with our eyes closed. Mm-hmm. We're good at producing events. We have a lot of leverage across our company um, with other verticals that we can look at to draw other buyers um, that maybe maybe didn't come in from the acquisition, right, from our regular DSE lists, quote unquote. Um, but but we're really excited about presenting those people. That kind of is where those those first time attendees are coming from. We think so. Um, yeah, Did, I'm, I'm also curious. You, you've mentioned community uh, a number of times, and the uh, the 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 appetite and, and aspiration for the industry to get together. Uh, if, if you build a, an event around uh, attendees, uh, particularly if, if you're offering uh, a lot of free passes to get into the show proper, then you, you really have to lean heavily on the uh, ex- exhibitor dollars and sponsor dollars and all that to do it. So does, does that become a challenge long-term that you've got to build up that trade show side of it for this thing to work or can it work the way it's kind of positioned right now? I mean, absolutely. We, we intend to grow the show. Uh, there's no question. And, and, you know, David can talk a little bit about the, the conference program also, because that's David's that, on this. I know. I'm sorry. I was just thinking <laughs> I, I would, let, David, I would let him answer this question. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, you know, we, we need to have a viable business here. There's no question. Um, and so, but I think also 
um, bringing in the right people and making sure that that audience is there was absolutely paramount for us, especially the first year. Um, because if you have the right people in the room and you have the right buyers in the room, the exhibitor is going to be happy and mm-hmm. they're going to come back. And I think it's a, you know, it's a two-sided coin. You have to keep, you have to keep feeding both of them, right. To make everyone happy. The attendees want to see certain exhibitors. The exhibitors want to see more of, you know, X, Y, and Z types of attendees. So, um, yeah, our, our long-term plan is absolutely to keep growing. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. We have, we have some plans we won't, uh, I won't reveal yet for, for next year, but I'm sure we'll want to talk after the show. Well, that was one other question I wanted to ask you, Mary, just before we jump over to David on programming and so on is for 2023, is it in November in Las Vegas? Yes. And I bet you're going to ask about the Formula One race. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, it will be in, um, in November. We are going to move it about a week early. Nice. Um, yeah, we, we kind of looked at that and thank goodness, you know, being in production, we were hearing from all kinds of production folks about that kind of before it was even officially announced. So, um, we were talking to the LBCC about doing it earlier and, and that's, you know, we could try to produce something during formula one, which would just be crazy. But, um, it, it, even just for our exhibitors and visitors, it would be, um, we don't want to position the show to make it cost prohibitive for people even to stay in hotels or have hotels sold out. Um, so just moving it yeah. about a week or so earlier is just going to be the solution. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be like a CES week or something, just insane pricing for everything and impossible yeah. to get around. Yeah, exactly. So Good move. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, tell me, you know, you're, you're somebody who had been to DSE many, many, many times, very familiar with it. So if uh, people are coming up to you knowing that you're involved now uh, and they're asking Okay, what's different, particularly on the programming and education side? What are you going to tell them? Yeah, thanks. Um, when I first joined uh, Questex, you know, really my first job was to think about the program and to focus on the conference and the education and the speakers. And so, wanted to do that, you know, first. And that's that's it's kind of I would say how we we built the program. And sort of the exhibitors came later, right? They needed to see what what is it you guys are going to do? What's your plan? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, working with Brad and with Marion, um, you know, we looked at the flow of the event. And so I think it's got a slightly different flow. Um, you know, there used to be a lot of conference programming before the show happened. And so what you're going to see uh, this year is some programming just in the morning, just before the show opens. Uh, some, you know, a bit of uninterrupted time during the show floor hours uh, with some on-floor sessions, and then kind of ending the day uh, with more sessions. Uh, so, you know, really we have we have three keynotes. I don't know that DSE has has done that before, so I think that's different. We have one each each morning. Uh, mm-hmm. We're very excited about those. Of course, uh, Rafiq Anandal, uh, whom you've you've interviewed for this podcast, yep. and then Jason Cothern from SoFi Stadium talking about that five billion dollar um, mixed use development with the stadium and and the retail and and all that, uh, having everything from from wayfinding to, to digital menu boards to uh, of course the huge. Uh, Halo uh, Infinity Screen uh, by Samsung, so I think there's going to be something there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then um, Naveen from from Google, who you also interviewed for this podcast. So 
uh, we've got a great uh, a great lineup and um, the program came together um, you know kind of in three ways there was uh, things that I developed there were things that our association partners uh, like DSF and DPAA and OAAA uh, developed and then uh, we got session proposals uh, from folks and so really tried to curate the best agenda that we could. And so I, I just think that the people will see uh, an increased focus and concentration on, on the content and the programming. At building on what Marion said earlier, I think uh, just the number of networking events um, you know, throughout the week uh, and then the crossover with, with LDI, I think that's, that's what's going to feel different. Right. I heard there's a mixer on the Wednesday night. Yes. <laughs> uh, mixer, yes. We're yes. so pleased that you're bringing it to our show. So we, we can't wait to uh, attend and we're registered. So we're showing up. Good. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make the bouncer aware. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, one of the things as the education programming curator, person, organizer, whatever you want to call it, uh, is you, I suspect, have to walk a bit of a tightrope at time, times because you have uh, paying sponsors who perhaps have expectations, realistic or unrealistic, around what they can say and do on the stage. And you, you, you have to balance those needs with the needs of the audience because God knows in the, maybe not in the most recent versions of DSE, but earlier, earlier year versions of it, one hell of a lot of the presentations were just like product pitches by sponsors. Yeah. And I would sit down, listen for two minutes and up, I would go and leave. And I, it, it that, that's a tough one to manage, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I've been managing these types of events for a number of years. And so I certainly uh, know about how important it is to make sure that it's got an education focus. And so when I was building the program, really sponsorship had nothing to do with it. Uh, when I was building the conference program, it was just best, you know, what we were determining as the best topics and the best speakers mm -hmm. and irregardless of, of, you know, of course, again, the, the program really came in, in this process of building this show um, before the exhibitors came. So uh, that there really wasn't that that kind of impact. We do have the on floor sessions, and those are you know those are sponsored. We make that clear on the program. You know, if it's but a those are kind session, of product demos and things, right? They are the product demos, and yeah. I'm even encouraging those uh, speakers, those sponsors, to have you know I, I work with them um, to have an education focus so that those yeah. sessions are teach rather than pitch. Correct. Yeah, I always tell people, look, if you just get up there and pitch, people are going to leave. If you say smart things, you will leave the impression that this guy and or this woman and this company, they, they seem to know what they're talking about. So maybe right. I should have a chat with them after. Yeah, be a thought leader or present a case study, you know, and then, then people will people will understand. You'll have an opportunity to tell them, you know, what it is your company does, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't need to spend that all that time going through the features and benefits of your product. Without trying to put you on the spot, is there or are there one or two sessions that you know aren't keynotes, but are ones that you think are, are going to be particularly kick-ass and ones that people should have a look at? 
Yeah, uh, there are a number of great sessions, and if you, it's like you're asking somebody, him to choose a favorite child. Yeah, you're asking him to choose child. a favorite child, Dave. What do you? What do you... But, well, there, you know, if you go to our, our agenda, there is a way to filter by you know by type. So if you're into digital mm-hmm. out of home, you can see you know the programming aimed at that. And uh, but you know, I'm excited uh, you know about the session you're moderating, and I'm really not not blowing smoke here, uh, Denny. Levine came to me and proposed that session. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, he put together an all-star uh, panel and, and talking, you know, people are very interested, obviously, with these Van Gogh experience, immersive experiences that have popped up and been very successful around the world. Uh, so I think that will be uh, in, in similar. There's another session with Moment Factory and Float4 and dimensional innovations um, on transforming mm-hmm. lobbies into experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that's pretty exciting, I think. Um, you yeah, know, you got some good people like Jackie Walker, yeah. who are just yes. like when I talk to her, I just I always hang up thinking, that's a smart person. She knows yes. her stuff. Yes, and and I listened to her podcast that she did with you, and and so certainly when she wanted to do a presentation, I'm like, yeah, I will just give you the room. You're gonna you're gonna do great and people will will walk away with a lot of great information. Mm-hmm. All right, so wrapping this up has been a great chat. If people uh, still want to go that sounds wrong. I don't mean it that way. If, if people are <laughs> undecided and uh, are are on the fence but hearing this and thinking, "Oh, maybe I will go." What what do they need to do? Where do they go to find out more about uh, DSC? Yeah, they can go to digitalsignageexperience.com. As you know, we rebranded also. So it's digitalsignageexperience.com. Or if you have any questions, you can certainly just email me. I'd be happy to answer. And my email is msandberg at questex.com. That's M-S-A-N-D-B-E-R-G at questex.com. I would love to have your feedback. And I suspect it's ddrain at questex.com, right? Sure is. You're smart. I'm, I'm smart that way. <laughs> Had to be something. All right. Uh, thank you so much for spending half an hour with me. That was terrific. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We're honored. Thank you, Dave. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 169 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 169 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 169, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.